Good morning, Orlando. It's Monday, Monday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Weekend taking its toll on the Bud Man here, <laughs> as evidenced by my booting the first line. Great to have you with us. No, it's we're, just Monday. Yeah, it sure <laughs> is. We got a little of that Monday fog in the brain. But we're ready to clear it all out and bring you Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. First check right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, sanctions against Iran go into effect and shots are fired at a peace in the city cookout we'll have the details coming up in one minute where a good guy with a gun may have prevented mayhem we're talking about it next on good morning orlando good monday morning at 602 on news radio 1025 the u.s is set to reinstate its first sanctions against iran since president trump pulled the u.s out of the iran nuclear agreement The White House is expected to detail how the sanctions will be implemented today. Sanctions will affect Iran's buying of U.S. dollars, its gold trade, and its automotive industry. Trump withdrew the U.S. from the 2015 International Accord in May. Further sanctions hitting Iran's oil industry are set to go into effect in November. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Authorities have six people in custody in connection to the alleged assassination attempt on Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro. The nation's interior minister said the assailants who are in custody are being accused of, quote, terrorism and assassination, end quote. Maduro survived an attempt on his life Saturday when explosive drones went off during a speech he was giving at a military event in Caracas. Maduro is blaming the attack on far-right elements and Colombia's outgoing president, Juan Manuel Santos. Seven members of the country's National Guard were hurt. You know, it's interesting, Deb. um, There's some question about whether or not this is the real deal, that that drone was really there to assassinate Maduro, that he may have trumped this thing up just to go after his enemies. I don't know what the actual story is, but boy, it was mass chaos there when this explosion went off over the dais and he was reviewing a parade or something. At least that's what it appeared like to me. Yeah, definitely. It was but, a wild scene. But he's a dictator, so anything he says, you 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 know. I, yeah. I could see him absolutely doing something like this so that he can trump up charges against his enemies yeah. and have impunity as he goes after him. Exactly. There's a lot more to learn here. We'll stay on the story. Because of all the people who looked uh, concerned on that dais, he seemed to be the least concerned. It was kind of like, ooh, right on cue. Exactly. That's what I thought. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Also overseas, the death toll continues to rise from a powerful earthquake in Indonesia. The magnitude 7.0 quake hit the island of Lambok near Bali, killing over 90 people. Disaster officials say hundreds more have been hurt. Authorities do believe the death toll will continue to rise. The earthquake uh, earthquake rather was mainly felt in Mataran, the capital of Lambok Island, prompting evacuations. And just last week, another earthquake in the same area killed 17 people. Back stateside, unbelievably, at least 44 people were shot, five of them fatally, in Chicago on Sunday. Just Just Sunday. Just Sunday. Bureau of Patrol Chief Fred Waller said some of the incidents were targeted and gang-related. In one of the shootings, suspects opened fire into a crowded street party. And just uh, three hours, starting at 1.30 in the morning, 30 people were shot and two were killed in 10 different incidents. It's unbelievable. Fox posting 63 people shot in Chicago over the weekend. Unbelievable. Really? 44 just on Sunday alone. Mm. 
Meanwhile, back here uh, closer to home, a vendor at a cookout is credited with stopping a shooting in Brevard County. This is a subject I know, Bud, you're getting ready to talk about just as soon as we're done with the news this morning. The shooting this weekend happened at a Peace in the City cookout in Titusville at Isaac Campbell Park. Police believe the shooter was in a fight earlier in the day, and he fired at least a dozen shots before a vendor with a licensed concealed gun returned fire. The shooter suffered life-threatening injuries, was shot in the head, and was airlifted out, but thankfully no one else was hurt, and police say they're extremely grateful the situation wasn't any worse. Needless to say, the Good Samaritan with a gun will not be facing any charges. It appears not, and justifiably so. We'll talk about this in greater detail. You'll actually hear the shots in a few moments. I mean, we could have been looking at mass murder over there, but for the good guy with the gun. More coming up. Five people are dead after a twin-engine plane crashed outside of Los Angeles. Authorities say the plane went down yesterday in a parking lot in Santa Ana. No one on the ground was hurt. The crash site is about a mile northwest of the north end of the runway at John Wayne Airport in Santa Ana. The plane took off from Concord in Northern California and was due to land at John Wayne Airport. It landed on the back of someone's car who just happened to be in Office Depot shopping at the time, or it could have been an even more catastrophic crash. My goodness. And finally, actress Charlotte Ray, known for her character Mrs. Garrett on the show Different Strokes and Facts of Life, Mm -hmm. has died at 92. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. Remember that? The facts of life. Oh, yeah. Her publicist said Ray died at her home in Los Angeles Sunday, surrounded by her loved ones. Last year, she announced that she was diagnosed with bone cancer, and seven years ago, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. However, an official cause of death hasn't been revealed. Ray has an Emmy and uh, was also a Tony-nominated actress with a huge fan base. Yeah, great talent. People really loved her. She'll be missed, but she'll live on forever, and those reruns are still out there, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. In 92... Not a bad age. Yeah, long life well lived. Absolutely. WFLA News Time at 6.07. Read about a Texas mom pulling a gun on a teenager while her daughter was fighting. That's good parenting. Oh, boy. You can get the details for yourself at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And alongside the Deb Meister, my co-host and partner, the Budman, here with you until 9 o'clock. My take and yours on the hot topics out there. The whole 8 o'clock hour becomes yours when you when you take over the show for the duration of your call or the reading of your text message and tell us what's on your mind. Open Mind Monday, 8 until 9. And by the way, at the start of the 8 o'clock hour, we have our brand new texting contest. You can win a trip to the iHeart Music Festival in Las Vegas All expenses paid. You'll want to be here for that. It kicks off this morning right after Deb's 8 o'clock newscast. Yaffe at the controls. Steph taking your calls. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. We're going to get more into this good guy with the gun who may have prevented the next mass slaughter in the state of Florida by his actions over the weekend at that event Deb told you about in Brevard County. I want to focus on that with an eye toward the message it sends to me about how we need to protect our kids in school. Let me connect the dots in a moment, and I will and we'll talk about it. 407-916-5400 if you want in. 
Text me at 23680. Standard message and data rates apply there. An update now, though, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Stay tuned. I'll have it in two minutes right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So a young life tragically lost there. But goodness knows how many lives, young and old, and in between, were saved by this good guy licensed to carry a concealed handgun who had one at this Peace in the City gathering over in Brevard County on Saturday in Titusville. Among other things, they were giving away backpacks full of school supplies to uh, to kids there. The kids had bounce houses. They were having the time of their lives. There was good food and refreshment and people of all kinds gathering together. How ironic that it was part of this Stop the Violence rally movement that is unfolding over in Brevard County with events planned in places like Cocoa and Melbourne in the next week or so ahead. Um, All of a sudden, the peaceful scene was ripped apart by the sound of some dozen gunshots. I want you to listen to it. Total chaos after the dozen shots, people running for their lives. We don't have names on this yet, but we can tell you that the good guy with a gun was a vendor. He was licensed to carry it. He pulled it out. Apparently it was a 9 millimeter, and he shot the guy who was firing off all of those bullets in the head. He is now in critical condition in the hospital, but uh, cops say they don't plan to charge the man who shot that it'll be a very strong stand-your-ground defense, many people believe here, because it isn't if you're only in, in, you know, under, under threat of great bodily harm or, or feel threatened with death. It's if you see a scene in which it looks like before your eyes bodily harm or death is unfolding involving others, you have the right to pull out that gun and shoot without being charged. Law enforcement says they have no idea how many more people might have been shot and killed there of all ages Um, because this guy had been apparently in a fist fight and was angry, went back home from the gathering and, and got his gun apparently to settle the score, but he wound up just shooting all of these shots into the crowd and all the kids who were out in the bounce houses were in the potential line of fire of a lot of these bullets, observers say. And, and with one shot, he ended it. And miraculously, nobody else was hit but the gunman himself by the good guy with the gun. Um, there was a DJ who had organized this. who's very popular, apparently, out on the coast named Dwight Harvey. He and his family put together this back-to-school event at Isaac Campbell Park, Campbell Park in Titusville. You know, and, and he said, hey, listen... This was stand your ground. This guy was within his rights, and thank God for him. Um, I wanted, I wanted, take this story here. I mean, it could have been the next mass mass shooting in America right here again in the state of Florida, but it didn't happen because of this good guy with a gun. We have a huge anti-gun movement going on in this state and in this country. 
What do the anti-gun folks have to say about what happened there? And it's interesting. People are applauding what this man did, and yet many of the same people resist or refuse to accept and implement a program of armed guardians within their own kids' school. Like Grady Judd, we had him on last week, the sheriff in Polk County has put together private citizens taking extensive training in how to handle a gun and mass shooting situations will be in the Polk County schools, but almost all, maybe all, the other counties within the sound of my voice have said, no, 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 we can't have that. Our schools must remain gun-free. So there will be no good guys with guns in most of these schools. How can you applaud what happened in the at the park in Titusville and denounce having trained armed guards where your kids go to school, inside the school, as a line of defense when a mass shooter begins to engineer mass murder. I don't get it. Maybe somebody can help me understand it. 407-916-5400. Maybe you can. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Peaceful, loving scene at a back-to-school event in um, a park in Titusville shattered by a dozen gunshots from a man apparently wanting to even the score with a guy he'd had a fist fight with earlier at that event. And um, he unloaded and, and was just spraying all over the crowd. He didn't end up hitting anybody miraculously, but he got off a dozen or so shots, as you hear, and then... A vendor took out his concealed weapon, he has a license to carry, and took the guy out with a shot to the head that has him in the hospital in critical condition. He, he waited for police, he had nothing to hide, he knew he was within his rights to do what he did, and they say, the police do, we don't know how many lives might have been lost if he had not had that gun and been ready to use it to cut down the potential mass killer. Yaffe, quite a story there. And and again, people who cheer this man on are the same people who don't want to hear about training citizens to be armed guards in our schools, the first line of defense against a mass shooter who comes in to the schools here, the way Grady Judd is doing it in Polk County. Most other counties, they have the option with the new Florida law post-Parkland, and very few counties are taking it. Interesting. Well, I mean, you and I say it over and over and over again. The best way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That includes schools as well. If a crazy man, a crazy student tries to shoot up a school, the best way to stop them is a good guy with a gun. And what's amazing is you have programs like Grady Judd is doing where they're training people through an extensive training process. And even that isn't good enough for people. Even people don't even want that. No, no, they don't. And I know that there are real extremists who are anti-gun completely, you know, who who want to undo the Second Amendment and confiscate all the guns. I mean, what would they say, you know, if it was their kids out in that park? Well, that's okay. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, you just can't be at an event like that with a gun, even though you're licensed to carry it. We don't want that. We don't want guns. Well, the bad guys are always going to get the guns. 
always going to get the guns. There are well over 300 million guns known to be in the population in this country, Mike, for crying out loud. If you think you're going to get rid of all the guns, you're not. The bad guys will always have them if they want them, and we have to have gun rights for the law-abiding citizens in this country. Yesterday was Exhibit A in Titusville. Yeah, and not only that, but the police are not always going to be there to help you. That's the point. Yeah. That's the point, and that's the point with schools. Exactly. Sure, sure. You know, hit the alarm, call 911. Cops get there in five minutes. Awesome. Unfortunately, the massacre is over in two minutes. Right. Unless you've got trained, armed, good guys and gals inside the school. I, I asked um, people to react to what seems to be the irony of the fact that so many people don't want that for our schools and the same people would cheer what this good guy with a gun did to save lives at the park in Titusville. Yeah, one person says this, but says, I can explain the shooting in Titusville this past weekend and the resistance of putting armed guards in our schools with one word, bud, Mm -hmm. hypocrisy. But it really is. It really is. You know, and if that's where your thinking is this morning, with all due respect, you ought to re-examine that with a focus toward really protecting your kids in school. These these armed guardian programs are authorized by the post-Parkland massacre law. And most school systems, most of them run by liberals, turn the other way with a few exceptions. News at the bottom of the hour. Deb, lots to talk about. The squeeze is on for Iran. The Trump administration about to put the hammer down big time, right? Yeah, the U.S. is set to impose or reimpose its first sanctions against Iran since President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear agreement. Today, the White House is set to detail how those sanctions will be implemented. Sanctions will affect Iran's buying of U.S. dollars, its trade in gold, and its automotive industry. Trump withdrew the U.S. from the 2015 International Accord in May, despite being pressured by allies not to. Further sanctions hitting Iran's oil industry are set to be imposed in November. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 100 years after the Spanish flu, which killed more people than World War I, Experts say the nation is still vulnerable to biological epidemics. Former Pennsylvania Representative Jim Greenwood says the Blue Ribbon Study Panel on Biodefense is working to change that. The panel recently released a report that says if the Spanish flu were to hit America today, 33 million people around the world could die in just six months. Greenwood says with low vaccination rates and millions of people flying across the globe each day, the potential for viruses to spread is increasing. The recent report highlights dozens of recommendations for lawmakers to strengthen their biodefense. Frightening numbers you bring us there, Deb. Yes, it is. And speaking of vaccinations, the start of the new school year is literally just around the corner. And the Florida Department of Health encourages parents to have their children immunized. Ken Donahue with the Florida Department of Health here in Orange County says they have a free vaccination program. The Florida Department of Health in Orange County has a free immunization program for every student 18 years of age and younger. It's at our central clinic on uh, 832 West Central Boulevard in downtown Orlando. But you've got to make an appointment because uh, we're kind of busy right now, as you can imagine, as the school year begins. The number to call for an appointment is 407 858 1444.
Parents are encouraged to bring a valid ID, the student's most recent immunization records and birth certificate, and unbelievably the first day of school for students in Seminole and Brevard counties is this Friday, while Orange and Osceola head back a week from today. Where has summer gone I for know. all these school kids? I huh? know. And finally, heads up, parents, doctors are warning you not to microwave your kids' food in plastic containers. How many parents do you know do that? Meltdown, fumes, all of that? Is that the issue? That's so, well, the, the fumes, melting down, actually, leaching these dangerous chemicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the American Academy of Pediatrics is out with a report that says heating plastic in the microwave or washing plastics, including bottles and dishwashers, raises the chance of leaking those dangerous chemicals. The report also says parents should avoid foods and packaging with recycling codes 3, 6, and 7. Huh. The doctors recommend glass or stainless steel packaging. And you can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. Gina joins us now live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good Monday morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. So you've been looking back on the trading Friday and examining the stock futures this morning. What do we need to know? All right. Well, right now we have the stock futures edging a little bit higher here as we kick off another new week. We have trade war rhetoric, earnings, economic data still all in the spotlight. Stocks rose about one half of 1% on Friday after that jobs report. It was mixed, but still showing a robust market overall. For all of last week, the S&P gained about three quarters of 1%. The Bloomberg Orlando index slipped a bit on Friday for all of the week, down about three tenths of a percent. And what do you have your eye on upcoming this week, Gina? A lot more earnings, bud, for one, economic data. We hear today from Tyson Foods, Hertz, and Marriott International. We also hear this week from Disney, Papa John's, Tribune Media, and Sinclair, CVS Health, and others. The economic data this week includes the Consumer Price Index. And um, you gave me an interesting headline here. I'll read it as you presented it, and then you can explain it. If you're a data privacy professional... You may want to look to a state job. What's up? Well, yes, this latest article suggests that more states, bud, have been hiring chief privacy and data officers to help avoid privacy missteps. Having an executive-level official analyze and manage data across a lot of agencies, oversee the sharing and storage of data, and advise on privacy law compliance makes sense in an era of cyber threats, heightened privacy concerns, and a quest to also mine data to make high-impact and fiscally sound state policy recommendations. This article Mm -hmm. comes to us from Bloomberg Law Reporting today. Very interesting there. The next item surprises me, frankly. I thought it was over for Toys R Us. They've shuttered all of the stores across the country, but apparently there's been an ongoing effort to keep the Toys R Us brand alive. What's going on with that? There is a delay in the intellectual property auction for Toys R Us, and this could pose a threat to any long-shot comeback for the brand. The auction was once expected to take place in June. Court filings show now it's been set for October 4th. That's getting pretty close to the holiday season. If bidders don't buy the name early enough for the critical holidays, it could drive down the brand's appeal. And finally, another sign of the times for a more-than-century-old retailer 
It survived an historic earthquake, but it may not survive Amazon. What's this story? That's right, bud. We have to go to San Francisco for this one, but it illustrates yet another sad chapter in traditional retail. It's called Gump's Department Store. It's a retail landmark that survived the earthquake in 1906. It's now filed for Chapter 11. It's 157 years old, this store, this company. It's succumbed to the rise of online shopping and also changing consumer habits. Gumps is going to try to find a buyer, but it has also hired liquidators to sell off its merchandise and repay creditors. Boy, there you go, the ongoing trend, you know. I mean, that really is an economic earthquake, isn't it? I mean, how, how people have just decided, hey, it's so convenient to order online with Amazon and others that have now followed that pattern. And boy, bricks and mortar stores are quaking in their boots and, and crumbling before us. Thank you, Gina, very much. Always appreciate having you with us for the Daily Bloomberg Business Report. We'll look forward to having you here tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thank you, bud. You too. All right. Good deal. We will. But um, is this what it's come to now here in 2018 in America, the country we love? Under the category of racism. Looks to me like it just might be okay to be a racist as long as whites are your target. Got the latest evidence that what I say here has a very disheartening measure of truth to it. Stay tuned. We'll talk about it together right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I hate talking about race and racism you can't get away from it in this country. You just can't get away from it. People are playing the race card all over the place. And so it is that the liberal, and as Trump will tell you, failing New York Times, continues to employ the newest member of its editorial board, a young Asian woman, extreme leftist, by the name of Sarah Jiong, J-E-O-N-G, hired on to great fanfare by the New York Times editorial board last week. Well, all of a sudden, folks who know that once you put something up on the Internet, a social media outlet like Twitter, it is there forever. And so a little digging was done into the tweeting history of Miss Jiong. New York Times is trying to explain this away, but it is very clear that they are keeping her on when they dismissed other white hires when they looked into their Twitter history and there was anything unsavory in the racial area, a racist area, but they're hanging on to her because she's a minority. She's not a white Caucasian. So it's okay to be racist if you're targeting whites, and she does that, and if you're not white. But if you are white and you say or write anything of a racist nation, you, nature, you are gone in a heartbeat. More on Jiang here. It's amazing to me what has surfaced. I could go on and on and on. I mean, it just there's hundreds of these tweets How just how hateful she is toward whites, toward police. One tweet from Jiang in 2014, among other things, says, cops are a-holes. 2016, a tweet. If we're talking big sweeping bans on blanks that kills people, 
Why don't we ever, 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 ever talk about banning the police? How about that for radical leftist thinking? And they are touting her and keeping her on at the New York Times editorial board. She also was on record as tweeting, F the police, on multiple occasions. In addition, Jiang has repeatedly tweeted about killing men, joking that even if only bad men were killed, that would still include all men, even white women, not spared from the hate-filled language on Twitter of Sarah Jiang. During the 2016 election, she tweeted, F white women, L-O-L. It goes on. And I'll have more in a moment. It's interesting to note that Twitter never suspended her for any of this. But a noted conservative who happens to be black by the name of Candace Owens decided to see what would happen if she posted on Twitter tweets identical to ones Jiang had tweeted in recent years but changed Jiang's words, white people, to Jewish people. And she posted them, and guess what happened? Twitter suspended her. Your account has been locked for violating the Twitter rules. Interesting, isn't it? Is it come to this point in this country, my friend, that it's actually okay to be racist as long as you're not white but a minority and as a minority as long as you are targeting whites. Let me tell you something. It is not okay. Racism in any direction aimed at anyone is not okay. But in America, on the left for sure, it seems to me and the New York Times story kind of embodies it, that it's okay now to be racist as long as you're a minority and as long as you are targeting whites. Is that where we are now? Am I, am I wrong about that? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. So when conservative Candace Owens switched... New York Times editorial board member Sarah Jiong's words from white people to Jewish people using exactly the same rest of the hate-filled language and posting it and even clarifying in her tweets that she was only repeating Jiong's statements with that one minor change. She was banned by Twitter. Twitter said you violated Twitter rules and pointed out that the rules against hateful conduct on Twitter are you may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. But they locked her out. But Jiang's tweets are still up there because she's a minority and she's a leftist. Turns out, Candace Owens, I'm not sure they knew this, happens to be a black conservative, but very, very interesting how it plays out. Um, It's interesting how they also apologized, did Twitter, in restoring 
um, Candace Owens' account, saying, We've restored your account and we apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused. Twitter takes reports of violations of the Twitter rules very seriously. After reviewing your account, it looks like we made an error. Seems like, Yaffe, there's a lot of this going on, and they make those quote-unquote errors only when it involves postings of conservatives. They'll totally look the other way for racism generated online on Twitter by members of a minority. Yep, you're exactly right. I mean, it's gotten really bad. There are a group of people out there who believe that you cannot be racist towards whites because whites are the majority and they have, quote unquote, the power and that it's impossible to be a racist towards a white person. Now, that's completely illogical, but there's a large group of people out there that believe that. So they feel fine saying racist stuff against whites. Yeah. And the first line of the um, the the uh, the rules against hateful conduct on Twitter from Twitter you may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race. Yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. I mean, verbatim, that's exactly what she did. You're right. Any incoming on the text line on this, Mike? Uh, yeah, one person said this, said, I think, Bud, you're late to this. This has happened, been happening for a while. If you're white, and especially if you're a white man, anybody can say anything about you. I don't know that I'm late to this. I'm, I'm, I'm... I guess, late to this story because it continues to unfold um, with, with Jiang and the New York Times. It's the latest example of it, and I, speaks, and I think it speaks to the condition we find ourselves in here and is rock-solid evidence that, sure, it's okay to be racist if you're a minority and okay to be racist if you're targeting whites. Well, it is not okay. It is never okay. More coming up. We're hopping on the Trump train. A lot of good news, a little bad news. And one thing I hope the president will just knock it off on, okay? We're going to talk about it right after the news. Deb updating things for us at the top of the hour. Sanctions into Iran going into effect. And Al Sharpton demanding justice in the shooting over in Clearwater, the standard ground controversy of Marquise McLaughlin. Good morning from us all at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Good Monday morning to you. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Thanks for joining us here at 7 o'clock for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, sanctions against Iran go into effect and Al Sharpton demands justice in the shooting of Marquise McLaughlin. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And the Trump train about to arrive here at the station, fully loaded. Stay tuned. It's all next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Monday morning at 7.02 on News Radio 102.5. Washington plans to reimpose economic sanctions on Iran today after its withdrawal from the 2015 nuclear accord. In May, President Trump withdrew the United States from the multinational deal on Iran that eased economic sanctions in return for it giving up the means to make nuclear weapons. Trump called the deal one-sided but said that he would be willing to improve relations with Iran's leaders after a senior Iranian general said his forces stood, quote, ready to confront, end quote, the United States. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
Investigators in Iowa don't think the body of a woman that was found in a rural area is that of a missing University of Iowa student. The Iowa Department of Public Safety confirmed that the body was found an hour away from where 20-year-old Molly Tibbetts went missing. The body is of a white woman in her early to mid-20s, but Iowa DPS says there's no reason to believe it's Molly. She's been missing since July 18th. Her family is holding out hope that she's alive. A $260,000 reward is being offered for her safe return. Overseas, police are investigating the vandalism of Holocaust survivor and Nobel Peace Prize winner Elie Wiesel's childhood home. The home in Romania was found Friday with painted slogans across its walls, including, quote, Jewish Nazi lies in hell with Hitler, end quote. The Elie Wiesel National Institute for Studying the Holocaust in Romania called it grotesque and said it's an insult to all victims of the Holocaust. Closer to home, Reverend Al Sharpton is demanding justice following the fatal shooting of Marquise McLaughlin in Clearwater last month. We will be involved until we see the prosecution and arrest of the killer of, Mar- of Marquise McLaughlin. This is a real disgrace. In a news conference in Clearwater Sunday, Sharpton said the stand your ground law is being used as an excuse to undermine black lives. Sharpton said the data shows this law is overwhelmingly used in white on black crimes versus white on white or black on black crime. Marquise McLaughlin, a 28 year old father, was fatally shot during an argument over a handicapped parking spot. McLaughlin's death made national headlines because the man who killed him, Michael Draco, wasn't charged. Florida's controversial Stand Your Ground law grants immunity to anyone who claims they were defending themselves when they used deadly force. And in the meantime, a shooting in Brevard County may be a good example of Stand Your Ground law. That's what a witness to this weekend's shooting in Titusville says after a vendor used his own gun to stop a shooter who opened fire at a back-to-school cookout. DJ Dwight Harvey saw the shooting as kids ran for cover, and he tells Florida Today it seemed to him like a stand-your-ground situation. No charges are expected against that vendor. Seems to me like it's stand-your-ground all the way, and um, we talked about it in detail in our 6 o'clock hour, Deb. And finally, the man who wants to distribute the plans for untraceable 3D-printed guns says bad things might happen, but that's just the price of upholding the Second Amendment. Cody Wilson is the founder of Defense Distributed, currently blocked from publishing those gun plans online, while a lawsuit brought by several states' attorneys general works its way through the court. Wilson told Fox News Sunday that there are downsides to giving people the means to protect themselves, but he calls it a social cost. WFLA News Time at 7.06. You can read about police arresting a man who taunted a bison at Yellowstone National Park. And you can see the video for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. It's Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your sale, hit pound 250. Keyword real estate. Yaffe at the controls. Steph taking your calls. We're hopping on the Trump train here. Lots going on. Huge rally over the weekend in Ohio. The president was amazing under very difficult conditions. Um, I've captured some of the Trump tweets that I think you need to know about. And I've got something that if I were his key advisor and had his ear, I would tell him, please back away. Stop doing this. It's not helping you. I'm sure he listens. I'm sure he listens to the Bud Man. 
No, probably not. But at any rate, we're getting into all of that. We're going to focus on the um, on the gubernatorial race later in this half hour, and then we're going to have one of the candidates for governor on the show. We've issued invitations to them all to join us on Good Morning Orlando in advance of the uh, August 28th primary, and the first acceptance we have had of that invitation to the Republicans and the Democrats has come from Chris King. He is a local businessman, and he is running as a Democrat, and he will be on with us to talk about what makes him the best candidate to be the next governor of Florida. That will be coming up in our next half hour. Coming up, we'll have the latest on um, news, weather, and traffic. That's in just two minutes for you, so hang in there with me. Lots coming down the pike. The Trump train is in the distance, headed this way, and we got a fully loaded Trump train this morning. Stay tuned. We'll have all of that and uh, news, weather, and traffic updated in only two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I tell you what, no matter where you are on Trump, and I'm on the Trump train big time, even though I have some problems with him, and most do. It's extraordinary the accomplishments of this man and this administration and the headwinds that are unprecedented against any president by the forces from the left out to destroy him and his presidency, no matter what it takes. You can't say he doesn't work hard at the job. You know, I mean, he's supposed to be beginning a vacation at Bedminster, his golf club in New Jersey, all of a sudden, his third rally of the week in a, in a, in a, in a jam-packed high school gym in Ohio with no air conditioning and like 110 degrees in there, he lets it rip for well over an hour. We've got a minute and 15 seconds of the president in Ohio on behalf of a Republican congressional candidate locked in a tight race in advance of tomorrow's critically important special election there to fill a vacant seat. Mr. President, you're on. Our economy is soaring. And we're creating opportunity for everyone. More Americans are now employed than ever recorded before in our nation's history. The new platform of the Democrat Party is to abolish ICE and let's not worry about crime. We want our country to be a sanctuary for law-abiding Americans, not criminal aliens. We're building that wall. We're building the wall. Don't worry. The laws are so bad. They're so pathetic. Catch and release. Visa lottery. Lottery. Let's pick somebody out. Oh, darling, I wonder who that might be. Oh, here he is. Oh, oh, he's convicted of five murders. Oh, I see. We'll let him run through our country. We are. What we're doing is crazy. They talk about the elite. The elite. Do you ever see the elite? They're not elite. You're the elite. You are the elite. They're more elite than me. I have better everything than they have, including this. And I became president and they didn't, meaning you became president. Even though it's 110 degrees in this crazy room, if you can take it, I can take it. So much for my brand new beautiful suit. 72-year-old President Trump, absolutely on fire, indefatigable, and tweeting over the weekend. Here are some of the tweets not getting nearly enough tension. You know, anything he says against Robert Mueller or whatever, the anti-Trump media machine just gives that all um, a priority placement in its coverage. But here are some other tweets from the president 
Of course, they don't want to acknowledge what this man has done to reignite the greatest engine of free enterprise in history, the U.S. economy. Here's a couple of tweets I want to share with you. One in particular, Yaffe, you need to listen to this because you and I are very concerned about the national debt issue and the lack of attention to that problem in this country. Here's a tweet from the president. Tariffs are working big time. Every country on earth wants to take wealth out of the U.S., always to our detriment. I say as they come, tax them. If they don't want to be taxed, let them make or build the product in the U.S. In either event, it means jobs and great wealth. Another tweet. Tariffs have had a tremendous positive impact on our steel industry. Plants are opening all over the U.S. Steel workers are working again. Big dollars are flowing into our treasury. I thought none of those jobs would ever come back. Isn't that what Obama promised us? Another tweet. Tariffs are working far better than anyone ever anticipated. China markets dropped 27% in the last four months. They're talking to us. Our market is stronger than ever and will go up dramatically when these horrible trade deals are successfully renegotiated America first. And this one. I want more talk about this and this approach and whether or not this can really make a difference with the national debt. The president tweeting, because of tariffs, we will be able to start paying down large amounts of the $21 trillion in debt that has been accumulated, much by the Obama administration, while at the same time reducing taxes for our people. At minimum, we will make much better trade deals for our country. Interesting. When you look at the ramifications of, you know, balancing the playing field when it comes to tariffs, Yaffe, and and realizing how much wealth would flow into the United States and making it a priority to pay down the $21 trillion in national debt, that's something we need to hold the president to and learn more about. I mean, I disagree with it completely. I don't understand. Why? It's tariffs a tax, so he wants to pay down the debt by raising taxes. That's basically what he's saying there. I wouldn't want to. I, I, I don't think that's what he's saying. What is he saying? Because of tariffs, we'll be able to start paying down large amounts of the $21 trillion in debt that has been accumulated. Yeah, tariff, when, you, when you have a tariff, that's a tax against the American consumer who wants to buy goods from overseas. So I think what well, he's nobody's saying, on his way long term to the idea that the other countries, their knees buckle ultimately, and we ultimately get rid of all of the tariffs. Well, yeah, and I but hope that you so. have to get him to this point. I think he's saying at that point we have the wealth to pay down the debt. Okay, I'm not buying it. No, no. I mean, I Trump's trade policies, I are. Nonsense. Not to me. working for you. I <laughs> no. thought you'd at least appreciate there's some conversation <laughs> about reducing the debt. Yeah, I do appreciate that. That's a good point. But the All best right. way to do that is to cut spending, All not right. tariffs. One oh, I agree with that. Okay. But here's an angle on on retiring the debt I haven't heard yet as applied to the controversy right. surrounding tariffs. We'll see. I want to hear more. I want to hear less from the president with the personal petty attacks, particularly when it's going to get him just branded as a racist one time after another. Um, he watches LeBron James being interviewed, the great basketball star, by Don Lemon, the black hate Trump-hating anchor from CNN over the weekend, and tweets this. LeBron James just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made Lemon look smart, which is not easy to do. I like Mike, meaning he likes Michael Jordan, as the best all-time in the NBA instead of um, LeBron James. Now, listen, 
uh, Lemon just rips him every way, every single night. And and LeBron James has said some pretty ugly things about the president as well. I just find that kind of thing. I don't like the petty personal attacks. I understand why he's mad. I get that. I just think it doesn't end up being helpful to him. And I don't think the personal attacks, no matter who they're against, are what I would consider to be presidential. Maybe that's just me. 407-916-5400. We're hopping off the Trump train right now. If you want to comment on what you have heard, uh, 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. So in the race for Florida governor, the primary, of course, is the 28th of August. Stay with us. We'll have comprehensive coverage of all of that, of course. And um, on the Republican side, DeSantis is pulling away from Putnam. I think I think this is over, this one right now. And the Trump endorsement is what really jump-started the DeSantis campaign. But Putnam's had his own problems well chronicled on this show, even though I think they're both a couple of quality men uh, that would do a good job as governor. I think the nomination is going to go on the Republican side to Ron DeSantis unless he just does something to completely melt down, and I don't anticipate that. Uh, on the Democrat side, the latest Mason-Dixon polling has a former congresswoman and daughter of our former senator and governor, Bob Graham, Gwen Graham, up um, over the rest of the field. Uh, she has 27%. Um, Philip Levine, the former Miami Beach mayor, is at 18%. Uh, interesting. Bills himself as a can-do problem solver. Um, thinks that having a short fuse as he had during his terms as Miami mayor is a plus, not a minus. Uh, Jeff Green is the Palm Beach billionaire running tons of ads with his own money, taking some flack from Democrats because right after the election he called Trump a great guy and for quite a while had a membership to uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago club down in Palm Beach. That'll play well with the Democrats. Then there is the Tallahassee mayor, Andrew Gillum, he is polling at 10%. Um, bills himself as a proud, true liberal. He would be the first black governor of Florida if elected. And then there is the man with no political experience who's right here in our own backyard, businessman and Christian philanthropist Chris King. Now, he is polling only 7%. He's got a big mountain to climb. He, though, was the first to answer our invitation to come on the program in advance of the primary. The invitation's gone out to both Republicans and all five of the, uh, of the Democrats. And Chris King said, yeah, sure. And so he is on the 50,000-watt front porch coming up right after my co-host and partner Deborah Roberts updates us on the news, and she's going to do that here in just a moment. Hey, you love music? You will love the fabulous and absolutely free iHeartRadio app. You get all of your favorite music, all your favorite stations, and it's all free. If you like to listen to music, I mean, every week iHeartRadio creates you a personal playlist based on the music you love to listen to. The more you thumb up and save songs you love, the more we improve and update your mixtape. We refresh your mixtape every Monday with a new batch of tracks that we know you'll love throughout your week, your weekly mixtape. Open the iHeartRadio app now and find yours. Download the app to get all of these fabulous features and more, all your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free with a phenomenal iHeartRadio app. 
Deb, with sanctions against Iran going into effect, she has that important story coming up. And some elderly men escape a nursing home to attend a, a metal festival? The Deb Meister on deck next from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, hit pound 250, keyword real estate. Coming up on 730. Good Monday morning to you. And my co-host Deborah Roberts has come on down the hallway here from the newsroom, particularly for those of you just joining us at the midpoint in the Monday show. We've got the big story right off the top dealing with Iran and sanctions, Deb. Yeah, and under the terms of the 2015 nuclear deal between Tehran and world powers, the United States agreed to relax sanctions on Iran, but the Trump administration has now begun to put them back in place with the first batch to be reimposed today. The Washington Post reports those sanctions target a range of economic sectors, including automobiles, gold, steel, and other key metals. And after 90 days, a heftier round of sanctions on Iran's oil industry is set to go back into effect. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A pair of elderly German men are back in the old folks' home after sneaking out to attend a metal festival. The staff at the Assisted Living Center sounded the alarm when the men couldn't be found Friday night. They were eventually ta- tracked down at 3 a.m., headbanging at Wacken Open Air, said to be the world's <laughs> largest metal festival, with headliners including Judas Priest and Danzig. They reportedly didn't want to leave, but the police made them return. <laughs> These old guys. I know. Two other senior citizens, meanwhile, had a scuffle after one of the men cut to the front of the line for some free cheese samples at a Costco in South Carolina. Uh Uh-oh. Police say a 70-year-old man was waiting in line at the store when a 72-year-old man, quote, cut in line, took some cheese and walked off. Take your life in your hand cutting in line for cheese like that. I know. Freebies. The 70-year-old let it go at the time, continued to shop. A few minutes later, he was waiting in line for a free sample of a cheeseburger when the man who cut the line walked by. He sarcastically told the older man that, quote, he can get in front of him because he knew he's just going to cut the line anyway. (laughs) The 72-year-old man responded by saying, quote, I will do it again. He then called the younger man a jerk and blindsided him with a punch that knocked the man's hat right off his head and the glasses off his face. He fled the store before police could arrive According to the state newspaper, police spoke with the older man at his home, and he admitted to throwing a punch, but claimed he was defending himself. <laughs> Stand your ground. Police, exactly. <laughs> Stand your cheese and cheeseburger. Right. Police haven't made any arrests. They're waiting to review surveillance footage from Costco to determine whether his story is accurate. <laughs> old guy's behaving badly. And finally, <laughs> from the old, we go to the new. Okay. New Yorkers continue to support a North Carolina woman who unexpectedly delivered her baby 16 weeks early in June while on a business trip to Manhattan. Chelsea Holbert says her little girl will likely have to stay in the hospital in New York until September. So some moms on the Upper West Side who heard her story have been making meals for the 23-year-old new mom Mm -hmm. and also letting both Holbert and her husband stay in their apartments. Another mom has donated airline miles so the couple can fly back and forth between their home in North Carolina and their newborn baby girl in New York. 
How about that? Nice story. Isn't that? Yeah, what do you get this stuff? I don't hear this. I don't see this anywhere. Oh. You bring it to us, and everybody waits for what we call the Deb segment here. I it's look, great stuff, Deb. I look high and long, bud. I know you do, <laughs> and I know how hard you work on the show, and, and we all appreciate it so much. Catch you shortly, all right? You got it. All right, we've got a lot of folks who would like to be the next governor of the state of Florida. Um, the main players who show up in the polls and both parties, we've sent invitations, Yaffe has, to all of them to come on the show and be interviewed by the Budman live in advance of the August 28th primary. I always tell you with the calls, first come, first serve, okay? That's the way it is with interviews of this kind. And the very first to respond and say, sure, I'd love to come on the show, is the man who has the steepest hill to climb, according to the polls, he is Democrat gubernatorial candidate, businessman from Winter Park, Chris King. He is up next. Got to ask him about a lot of things, including this bullet tax that he is advocating. So stay tuned. Chris King up on the 50,000-watt front porch right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. August 28th is the, um, is the primary. Three weeks from tomorrow, we've got um, five significant candidates for governor on the Democrat side, two, DeSantis and Putnam on the Republican side. We issued an invitation to each and every one of them to come on here. We give them some airtime to uh, promote their candidacy. First to take me up on the invitation is on the 50,000-watt front porch with us right now. Chris King, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Matt, let me just lay out a little bit of um, uh, of your resume here. You're a 39-year-old lawyer from Winter Park. You're a businessman who's been very successful developing affordable housing. You're a Harvard graduate. You got a law degree from the University of Florida. You're a Christian philanthropist. You also have virtually no experience in government or campaigns, and you're running for the highest office in one of the biggest states in the country. Um, what prompted you to get into politics at this point in your life? Well, it's great to be here. What prompted me is because we have enormous need in Florida, and my party has been pretty unsuccessful at meeting that need over the last 20 years. Last time we won this race, I was a freshman in high school, and we've lost 21 of 25 statewide elections uh, since 2000. So we saw both an opportunity uh, to serve. Uh, I'm from Central Florida. I grew up there, third generation, married my high school sweetheart, and uh, and she and I believe that this is this is a moment where we could really do something transformative uh, to, to improve our state. Tell you what, let's get into some of that in detail in a moment, but I want to play a 20-second clip here of you. All five of the Democrat candidates, the Republicans didn't take the invitation, were interviewed last week, as you know, by members of the editorial boards of some South Florida newspapers. And right. this was your closing comment as you assessed the race and your place in it. Ron DeSantis, uh, who now looks like he is to be the Republican nominee, is going to be very hard to beat. He's going to have a president behind him. We only beat Ron DeSantis if we can give the people of Florida a vision uh, of hope and inspiration that fixes their problems. So, Chris King, what is your vision, and what problems do you want to fix, and how do you plan to get it done? Well, you know, that's what set me apart in this race, is I have brought new issues to the forefront and new solutions. So, for instance, we have an affordable housing crisis in Central Florida, 
and all across the state. Uh, traditional politicians have not talked about this in 20 years, uh, and it's affecting families. We have a plan to fix it, uh, to invest nearly a billion dollars uh, of public and private monies uh, that is available to us today in the state budget into uh, housing solutions. And you can you do know, that without look. raising taxes? We can. And, in fact, that money's there. It's just not being been spent on affordable housing programs as it's been designed to be for 20 years. Uh, it's been raided and swept into other things. You know, we also talk about a low-wage economy every year. And in central Florida, uh, this this is close to home, and yet – uh, there are few, if any, big ideas to change an economy where one out of two jobs pays less than $15 an hour. I've come out with a plan for free community college and trade school modeled after the Republican state of Tennessee that saw it as one of the most powerful and least expensive ways to lift to lift wages. Uh, you know, I am I am a leader uh, in the debate on criminal justice reform, uh, one of the areas where I believe we can save hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that could be better spent in public education and community colleges by reducing mass incarceration for nonviolent offenders. I'm a leader in the gun safety debate. Where I so have so if somebody, somebody doesn't pull out a gun and shoot somebody, you're not going to send them to jail? You're going to let them off the hook if it's a nonviolent offense? Well, what we're what we're finding is that Florida has become a national leader at locking people up, particularly nonviolent uh, drug offenders. And many states across the nation, Republican and Democrat, are finding that that is not keeping them safer, and it's enormously, enormously expensive, and it's taking a huge amount of our budget. And so, what I'm talking about is utilizing a number of the best ideas nationally uh, to keep us safe. Uh, but to reduce the amount of money we're spending in locking up people we shouldn't be locking up. I think you're the only candidate in the race, sir, who's against the death penalty. Why? I am. Well, first, because Florida gets it wrong more than anywhere in the country, and that should terrify uh, any uh, law-abiding person. What are you talking about, Uh, executing innocent men? That's that's right. We've gotten it we've gotten it wrong, or their sentences have been uh, revoked, and uh, because because DNA evidence has uh, has has exculpated them, and that that just terrifies me. Uh, number two, it's been proven over and over not to be a deterrent. It's extremely expensive, and it's disproportionately used against communities of color. We're talking and, about you know, Chris. Chris I'm, I wish we could go into more detail because you've got a lot sure, of sure. interesting things to talk about. But our time is very short in this segment. We Absolutely. only have a minute or two left here, and I appreciate you coming on. Talk to us about this bullet tax you are advocating. I know you're you're into banning assault weapons, et cetera, and you might want to put that issue on the ballot. But what is this bullet tax? Sure. So, you know, we need a way to protect our children and to pay for the types of school safety programs uh, that that are going to do it. And so for me, a bullet tax is about protecting children. It's about creating a new fund, what I call the Every Kid Fund for Gun Violence Prevention, that would be a national model at investing in the types of programs and technologies and initiatives in urban communities and school systems uh, that would keep our our children safe. You know, my point is uh, the NRA has helped to flood our state uh, with guns and ammunition and should bear some of the responsibility of the cost that we're not having to bear. So you want to uh, tax to ammunition and use the money for these programs? Is that what you're talking that, about? That's, exa- that's exactly right. And, it, and I would opt out law enforcement or military veterans or security personnel 
but creating a new fund, a dedicated source, because otherwise we don't have anywhere uh, to, to find those resources, and we've got a big issue, and parents across the state are terrified uh, as, their, as their kids are returning back to school. Let me give you a real compliment here. Your daughter, oh, Mary you. Grace, does the <laughs> most watchable TV spot for a local candidate uh, or, or a statewide candidate, a local guy here that I have ever seen. She is absolutely phenomenal. You should be very, very proud of her. And with that, sir, I'll give you 20 seconds for the final word on why people should vote for you. Absolutely. Well, if, if folks really want to see a transformative a vision and leader in Tallahassee. Uh, I say that this is not about replacing one Republican with one Democrat. I want to win and be transformative. I want to take on some of the strongest special interests like the sugar industry with political courage and uh, be somebody that Floridians can be proud uh, to have in the governor's mansion. Let me ask you, if I were to label you a bleeding heart liberal, would you wear that label proudly? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I have confused a lot of people. I mean, I'm a progressive a Democrat. I'm a Christian. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I have a lot of marketplace solutions for my ideas. I think it's hard to pin uh, that on me. Um, I just want to advance ideas that I think are good and will lift people up. Chris King running for governor. He's polling 7%, but 25% of Democrats are undecided, so it's still possible He's from Winter Park. He was the first to accept my invitation to all the gubernatorial candidates here in Florida to come on the show. And, Chris, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Coming up, the Rush Morning Update after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on a beautiful Monday morning here at 8 o'clock as we give you our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning sanctions against Iran go into effect, and Marco Rubio calls for the Russia probe to be fully completed. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. I know there's a lot on your mind, so let's hear it. It's Open Mind Monday. Call me at 407 916 5400. Text me at 23680. Open Mind Monday next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Monday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. The U.S. is set to reinstate its first sanctions against Iran since President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear agreement. The White House is expected to detail how those sanctions will be implemented today. Sanctions will affect Iran's buying of U.S. dollars, its gold trade, and its automotive industry. Trump withdrew the U.S. from the 2015 International Accord in May. Further sanctions hitting Iran's oil industry are set to go into effect in November. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. North Korea is calling on the U.S. to end sanctions, and South Korea is investigating coal shipments that might have violated United Nations resolutions. North Korean media today issued a statement that the isolated communist state has demonstrated good faith by ending nuclear weapons testing and returning remains of American soldiers killed in the Korean War. This comes just days after a confidential U.N. report concluded North Korea has not stopped its nuclear and missile programs and is continuing illegal trade in oil, coal and other commodities. President Trump is admitting his son, Donald Trump Jr., met with a Russian attorney to get damaging information about Hillary Clinton during the campaign for the White House. In a tweet yesterday, Trump wrote that his son's meeting in June of 2016 was, quote, to get information on an opponent totally legal and done all the time in politics, and it went nowhere, end quote. Trump ended with, quote, I did not know about it, end quote. 
Trump's son-in-law and now White House advisor Jared Kushner and then-campaign chairman Paul Manafort also attended the meeting. President Trump's lawyer says there's no proof or evidence there was any collusion in the Russian investigation. Appearing on ABC's This Week, Jay Sokolos also criticized reports Robert Mueller's team is reviewing the president's tweets for possible obstruction of justice. Sekulow called it absurd and said the president has a First Amendment right to make his opinions known. Earlier in the week, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the president's tweet calling for Attorney General Jeff Sessions to end the Russia probe wasn't a command, just an opinion. Major Twitter storm from the president over the weekend on a lot of fronts. Might be good fodder for calls on Open Mind Monday coming right up, Deb. Well, meanwhile, bud, U.S. Senator Marco Rubio says Robert Mueller should be allowed to continue his investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 election and possible connections with the Trump presidential campaign. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, the Florida Republican defended the special counsel following last week's Trump tweet calling on Sessions to shut down the probe. I believe it is in the best interest of the president and of the United States of America and the American people for that investigation to run the course, for all the truth to come out, and for, I think that's the best thing that could happen for him, and I think that's the best thing that could happen for the country. Rubio also said he believes that if there was any strong evidence that the president's campaign directly colluded with Russia, it would have leaked by now. And finally, today marks the anniversary of what historians have called the beginning of the end of World War II. It was exactly 73 years ago that the United States flexed its military muscle and the Enola Gay dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan. By the end of 1945, more than a third of Hiroshima's estimated 350,000 citizens had died as a result of the bombing. In the years following, thousands more succumbed to illness and injuries suffered because of the bombing. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. Read about a Texas mom pulling a gun on a teenager while her daughter was fighting. You can see and read about the disturbing story at mm. 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Thank you, Deb. we got Open Mind Monday coming up. And at the tail end of the show, your chance to win a great prize to go to a movie event unlike any other. It's our Sound Judgment Prize right at the back end of hour number three on the Monday edition of Good Morning Orlando. We'll get to Open Mind Monday. You're taking any topic, 407-916-5400. Let me hear from you. First-timers, whatever's grinding your gears this morning, sound off. And I will listen and keep an open mind no matter what it is. We might learn something here together. I love Open Mind Monday as we tap into the collective wisdom of the smartest audience in talk radio, and you are part of that. 407-916-5400. The text line open, never busy, 23680, but there, standard message and data rates will apply. It's Open Mind Monday coming up. Mary, I really want you to stay on the line. You do some teaching in Orange County schools, and with a school year about to open, I can't wait what's on your mind as Open Mind Monday begins. And Lee wants to salute President Trump's hard work and his controversial tweets. But first on the line and very patient with me and having listened in the last hour to my interview with Democrat candidate for Florida Governor Chris King, Eric in Claremont, welcome and thank you for waiting. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, bud. You know, it's funny. We want to give criminals uh, not the death penalty for no matter what the crime, the crime is of taking somebody else's life. And now we want to tax people 
for buying the bullets to protect themselves from these criminals. And now we got the nonviolent that he wants to do where you, you, you want to give them a cupcake and feel sorry for them. I mean, enough's enough. People are dying. People are, are sick and tired of being victims, while the people who do the crimes, they have a sad story, and we believe that we should have a heart of compassion. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Is it fair and to say that Chris care. King is not your guy for governor? Oh, definitely. Who are you voting for? Um, I think it's between uh, uh, Putman, Putman and DeSantos. I'm, 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 I'm still debating on the two. Putnam and DeSantis. DeSantis up in the polls after the Trump endorsement and pulling away. Eric, thank you for getting us launched here on on um, Good Morning Orlando's Open Mind Monday Hour, 407-916-5400. What's on your mind? Mary, again, thank you for your patience. Welcome. You're on with the Bud Man from Orlando. What's on your mind, Mary? Uh, sorry, this is Lee. Uh, thank oh. you, Bud. Tell you what, I'm going to put okay. you on hold. Don't go away because I promised Mary the second shot. I just hit the wrong button. I need to look at what I'm doing here. It would help. Mary, let me try the second time around. Welcome aboard. Good morning from Orlando, Mary. Good morning, Bud. Well, I am an Orange County substitute teacher. Um, currently, we're employed by Kelly Educational Staffing by Orange County Public Schools. I have subbed for 20, this is my 20th school year. Wow. And I wanted to let everybody know we have never had a raise of any kind. Not one time in 20 years? Not one time. And Bill Sublette was quoted in the Orlando Sentinel a few years ago as saying that he believes substitute teachers should be paid the least amount possible. No kidding. Now, he's leaving as school board chair. Teresa Jacobs, I know, is running for that slot. Do you hold out any hope if she should become chairman of the board? No, I really don't. I mean, let's take what I mean, teachers at least get a small percent. We don't get a cost of living raise, nothing. And, you know, I go to work, I do my job, my classrooms are always safe. And I think they need to think about the fact that now with school shootings going on, substitute teachers are at risk too. You know what? You don't get any respect. I can't believe you have not a raise in 20 years. 20? Not a dime. I can bring you my pay stub. Oh, you don't have dime. to. I'm not doubting you, Mary, but why do you keep <laughs> on doing this work when you feel so exploited? I do it because I love the kids. I love going to school and interacting with them. I have a great time. It, it, it's just it's a great job except for the pay. And, you know, the fact that I don't understand when Kelly Services took over, they promised that they would work with Orange County Schools to give us a raise. And a friend of mine went to the Christmas party and spoke with a supervisor and asked them, you know, how's it going getting us a raise? And the supervisor at Kelly yeah. St Educational Staffing said, why should I give you a raise? And oh. the sub said, I go to school, I do a good job, yeah. I don't have any problems with my classroom. And he said, you can be replaced in a heartbeat. No, I don't like hearing that. Mary, I'm sorry about your situation, but I appreciate your commitment to the kids. I really do. Lee, I promise you, you'll be first up on the phones on the backside of a very brief break here. And we haven't even checked the text line. Yaffe's monitoring that. It's Open Mind Monday. Join the conversation on the topic of your choice. What an opportunity. Who else gives you that on the radio? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. 
Lee, you're very patient with me, and I thank you for that. Your patience now rewarded. You're on Open Mind Monday with a Bud Man from Orlando, Lee. Go ahead. Well, good morning, Bud. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Well, you, earlier you were celebrating the president's weekend tweets. Yep. Uh, Most of them, not one, all of them. Okay, but there's one that I need you to make sense of for me. And it's probably the most consequential tweet that he did this weekend. The one where he talked about his wonderful son having this meeting that was there, and basically paraphrasing to get uh, dirt on his political opponent, Hillary. And then he says that it's not illegal, but it is when it's a foreign entity. And then he says no collusion. So please explain to me why, number one, why would he throw Don Jr. under the bus like that? And then secondly, how can that not be collusion or collaboration between somebody who worked on his campaign? Because Jared was there, and so was Manafort. Uh, when he he just said they were there to get dirt on the political opponent. Well, now, hang on a second, Lee. On any other segment of the show except this, I would take off and, and, and give you what you want. But it's Open Mind Monday. I want to know your take on it all. Trump, Trump well, Jr., well, not- and the whole deal. We need to hear from you on Open Mind Monday. It's time for me to kick back and listen. <laughs> well, I just gave you my opinion because I think he just threw Jr. under the bus and admitted that there was collusion or collaboration, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, with a Russian entity during his campaign. No, I don't. So, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I don't, know you. I don't I know see you, it that you way. Make, you make excuses for it, but I want you to explain to me how is that not collaboration or cooperation okay. with a foreign entity? Well, we got your point of view, and that's what we need an open mind Monday. Okay. Uh, we talk about this stuff all the time and my perspective on it, but that's not what I'm going to do on Open Mind Monday. Yaffe constantly reminds me, okay, it's what the listeners think, not what I think for a change. By the way, before we go to you, Rosa, on the governor's race in Florida, um, let's get to that text line. What's been coming in there, Yaffe? Uh, yes, but I have a couple opinions on that gubernatorial candidate. Uh, Chris Don't you King. hate gubernatorial? Just saying it is a struggle, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. It really is. Um, so two different opinions. One person says, OMG, this Chris King guy is terrible. But another person says, wow, I like him. Yeah. So he might have picked up a vote here. Well, I don't know. He's only polling 7%, but 25% of Democrats in the latest Mason-Dixon poll is still undecided. So I suppose it's possible if he gets all the undecideds, he might win because Gwen Graham is leading at only 27% um, in that five-Democrat field for for governor. Interesting. Well, we invited, and, and you did the work. I asked you to do it and reached out to all the gubernatorial candidates, both sides, and, and said, we'll give you some airtime here to make your case for the voters three weeks or so before the primary. And Chris King was the first one to respond, so we put him on. We put him on. Yeah. He's a liberal. There's no question about it. It's also, and he's an outsider in the sense he's not been a politician. That seemed to work for the man who now occupies the highest office in the land, you know. That's true. Let's go to Rosa in DeLand and welcome in from Volusia County. What's on your mind, Rosa? Yes, hi. Um, I want to let you know why my vote is going to DeSantis. Three years ago, before he was even running for governor, uh, my father got ill. We applied for VA benefits mm-hmm. at least three times, and three times he got denied. Somebody recommended I call, you know, DeSantis's office, which I did. Two weeks later, my father started receiving his uh, benefits. Uh, when he passed away six months later, 
the uh, VA still owed him $800. I contacted DeSantis's office again, and I said, look, my mom's terminal. She could use that 800 for some medicines. Um, two days later, my mom start, received the $800 that VA had been putting off, you know, sending it to them. Now, that um, is what I we call. I appreciated what he had done. Yeah. I had gone through so many different channels trying to get some action for him because he had 40 years of federal service. And um, it, it was just, you know, I, I couldn't thank them enough for all the effort. And this is before he was running for anything. So nobody can say, it. oh, well, he did this because, you know, he's running for governor. No, this is about over three years ago. So I appreciate it. He was looking out for my yeah. father, a World War II vet, and my mother. And um, my vote is going to DeSantis. I can see how he would earn your loyalty. That's called constituent service. And you would expect it, I think, from an Iraq War veteran, Ron DeSantis. More Open Mind Monday. I haven't heard from you yet on the topic of your choice, whether it's politics or whatever, a take on Trump, whatever it is, 407-916-5400, or hit the text line at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Deborah Roberts, my co-host, has just checked in to update us on the news at the bottom of the hour. Sanctions against Iran going into effect and red tide impacting the Gulf Coast tourism industry big time here in the southern part of the Sunshine State. Good morning from us all at 830. Well, Deb, as you get set to update us all on the news, President Trump said he was about to put the economic hammer down on Iran, and I guess today is the day. Today is the day when the U.S. is set to reimpose its first sanctions against Iran since President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Iran nuclear agreement. Today, the White House is set to detail how those sanctions will be implemented. Sanctions will affect Iran's buying of U.S. dollars, its trade in gold, and its automotive industry. Trump withdrew the U.S. from the 2015 International Accord in May, despite being pressured by allies not to. Further sanctions hitting Iran's oil industry are said to be imposed in November. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The death toll from the massive car fire in Northern California now stands at seven. Pacific Gas and Electric says one of its crew members was killed near Redding while doing repair work in dangerous terrain on Sunday. Other victims of the more than 160,000-acre car fire include two firefighters. Overseas, dozens of people are dead in Indonesia after a strong earthquake. The magnitude 7.0 quake hit the island of Lombok near Bali, killing around 90 people on Sunday. Disaster officials say hundreds more have been hurt. Just last week, another earthquake in the same area killed 17 people. Back in the Sunshine State, local tourism officials say hotels are reporting visitors are canceling and some are even shortening their stays because of the long-running red tide outbreak on Florida's Gulf Coast. Virginia Haley is president of Visit Sarasota, and she's urging visitors to check a website that updates beach conditions in real time. The Moat Marine Laboratory Moat Beach Condition Report, uh, that's where actual lifeguards on the beach twice a day are updating the actual condition happening on each beach. For right now, Visit Sarasota is telling tourists what to do away from the beach. Haley says Florida is uh, Sarasota's top market for summer travel. In the meantime, the outbreak is creeping north. Fish kills have been reported as far north as Coquina Key and is getting closer to Tampa Bay. Signs of red tide are visible in Manatee County off Anna Maria Island as it creeps north from southwest Florida. A commercial fisherman tells ABC Action News bait fish are dying, and he wants the state to do something before it destroys businesses like his 
and tourism in the Tampa Bay area. There's always been red tides. Nobody's ever seen one that is this widespread lasting this long. It doesn't normally start this early. Normally right. it's a it's an issue in October. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, it's coming off of uh, Lake Okeechobee because of the guacamole water. It's forced to go into other tributaries. Yeah. Ends up off the Gulf mm-hmm. Coast. On the other side, the Space Coast residents will need to stay up late or get up really early to catch the latest rocket launch. Liftoff of SpaceX's Falcon 9 from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station remains scheduled for tomorrow at 1.18 a.m. Eastern Time. The rocket will carry into orbit an Indonesian satellite designed to improve telecommunications of Indonesia, India, and other areas of South and Southeast Asia. This will be SpaceX's 15th mission already so far this year. And you can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with more Open Mind Monday. Absolutely right, Deb, and thank you so much as we roll on toward the 9 o'clock hour from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, just hit pound 250, keyword real estate. Yaffe at the controls, Steph's taking your calls. And um, we have been talking politics, you know, where you at on the governor's race here or other races of interest, but we don't have to be talking about politics. We can talk about anything. Big story I went with early in the show. Um, we had the guy with the good, the, the good guy with the gun who cut down a guy who could have engineered the next mass murder here in the, in the state over in Titusville at that uh, wonderful back to school event. On, on Saturday, he opened fire, a dozen shots went off, and this guy took out his gun that he was licensed to carry concealed and uh, hit him in the head. He's got him on the critical list in the hospital right now. You know, and there's a big anti-gun movement going on in this state and this nation. But you know what? The bad guys will always get the guns. We need good guys with guns. And that guy may have saved countless lives, and a lot of children could have been killed as well. Like your take on all of that, 407-916-5400. And I also linked it to the general opposition to training school-armed guardians to walk the hallways, the way they're doing it in Polk County with Sheriff Grady Judd's program. You know, everybody's cheering for what this guy did out there at the uh, park on the weekend in Titusville to take out the gunman firing into a crowd with kids nearby. And yet those same people will say, well, no, we don't want to have any guns in our schools. We've got to be gun-free. We can't train responsible citizens to confront a mass shooter in our schools. No. How can you applaud one and not the other? 407-916-5400. You tell me. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. On Open Mind Monday, that very story is on the mind of Joe. Good morning, uh, Joe. You're on with the Budman. Hey, yeah, I wanted to say how thankful I am that that guy got shot in the head, first of all. And then um, also wanted to point out, you know, the vendor that uh, shot the um, the criminal, um, just imagine if he couldn't make it and his son took over for him that day and his son was only 20. You know, it would have been against the law for him to be carrying a, uh, a handgun. Because the minimum age has been raised from 18 to 21. Yeah, there's, there's no way I'm going to vote for Rick Scott ever again. So I, I think this state's going to go blue because a lot of constitutionalists are going to just sit out. And that's it. And how's life going to be if the state goes blue? Are you going to wind up blue? Me? Yeah, I don't mean politically. I, I mean emotionally. <laughs> I, I might end up in Montana. There you go. There you go. 
<laughs> I might go with you. Yaffe on the text line. What do you see, buddy? Uh, yes. So we had a caller earlier who was a substitute teacher and was complaining that she had not received a raise in 20 years. Yeah, said no substitute teacher said. I didn't know that, so I listened yeah, to her. I didn't either. One person texted it and said, I agree with the substitute teacher, but on the other hand, if she's willing to work 20 years without a raise, why should they give her a raise? Mm-hmm. You got to hold out, right, to get what you want, but yeah. she says she loves the kids, you know? Yeah. So, and then we have another caller. Uh, we had another caller earlier, Lee, who was talking about the Trump Tower meeting. Mm-hmm. And I have a texter responding to Lee says, no, it's not illegal to meet with foreign entities. What about Hillary Infusion GPS? No, there's a good point. Yeah. There's a good point. Okay, tell you what we're going to do. We got to wrap it on Open Mind Monday to make room for the Daily Sound Judgment game. There's a new high-tech theater that creates a movie experience unlike any ever. There's only one that we know of in the Orlando area. You're going to see the most frightening shark movie of all time in something called, I don't know, 4DX. We're going to tell you about the prize, but we want to get you on the line right now as a contestant because this is an unbelievable prize. You're going on us to this amazing, groundbreaking movie theater to see this Meg movie. Meg, as in 70-foot-long shark running wild, okay? 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. You're eligible to play and win if you have not won in 30 days. We're playing Sound Judgment. It's coming right up. And, um, hey... We're excited about this, and you will be too. What do you hear about this prize, this movie, and this theater you're going to? New week, our first sound judgment game. We positioned it right at the end, and we've got contestants ready to play for a prize quite unlike any we've ever offered. Right, Steph? That's right. So today's sound judgment winner is going to have a movie experience unlike anything ever seen. We're giving away two free tickets to The Meg, the scariest shark movie of all time. A 70-foot-long prehistoric megalodon shark is on the loose, and you're immersed in the heart-pounding chase. Thanks to a brand-new 4DX movie technology at the, General, at the Regal Point Orlando Theater, your seats will move on the screen action, and you will get splashed and sprayed all over the place. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it does like immerses you in the, what's on the screen by what happens right in your seat. Brand-new technology, 4DX. is the only place they have it here, apparently, in Central Florida. So... We're playing the game. We have contestants ready. If you want in, wait for a wrong answer. We'll open up a line at 407-916-5400. Ready? Let's go. Over the weekend, a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee was defaced in what was once the capital of the Confederacy. want you to listen to a little sound of a reporter on the story, then use your sound judgment and knowledge of history to name the city where this happened. The statue of General Robert E. Lee was vandalized late Friday or early Saturday. Red paint was splattered across its base, including the letters BLM, an apparent reference to the Black Lives Matter movement. I gave you a, I gave you a clue in the setup, okay? Let's see if you were listening and if you know your history and locations of major cities in the Confederacy. In this case, it would be the capital of the Confederacy. Line one, you got your first shot at the prize. Go ahead, line one. Atlanta. Say it again. Atlanta. No, not. 
407-916-5400. Feels like it if you watch Gone with the Wind, but that was not the capital of the Confederacy. Let's open up that line again, 407-916-5400. Name that city line to... Savannah? No, not Savannah. 407-916-5400. It's the birthplace of Yaffe, by the way. Oh, that should be easy now. Okay, just gave it away. Line three, you're up. Go ahead, line three. Charleston? No, it's not Charleston. It's not Savannah. It's not Atlanta. Line four, the capital of the Confederacy was what city? Richmond, Virginia. Amen. You're our winner. Absolutely right. And it is the birthplace of Yaffe. Congratulations. You won this crazy 4DX movie experience. I hope you have the time of your life. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. good. Good. What's your first name? John. John, where are you calling in from, my friend? Uh... Let's just say Claremont area. That's fair enough. I'll put you on with Steph. I'm getting tight on time. Have some fun with that movie experience and watch out for that 70-foot shark. All right, John? Thank you. Don't go away, buddy. You're our winner. Congratulations. That's it for Good Morning Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. Yaffe's put things together on the website, the Chris King gubernatorial candidate interview we had. It's on the podcast. It's all at 1025wfla.com, keyword Budman. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Until then, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you and God bless America. <laughs>